3: Welcome to How Stuff Works Now. I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at How Stuff Works. Every week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous advances we've seen in science, technology, and culture. This week, the mating habits of microscopic tardigrades have finally been caught on film, and they're appropriately weird. Unrelated. If you can smell asparagus in urine, you can thank your ancestors for a few newly identified genes. But first, a more sober story from senior writer Jonathan Strickland and our freelancer Kate Kirshner. Software that's supposed to manage criminal court cases has been throwing some serious errors, leading to innocent people being thrown in jail.
0: Imagine being arrested for a crime you didn't commit. You're thrown in jail. Your life is turned upside down. Nobody framed you. It's not due to police corruption. You're in the slammer because of a computer error. This isn't just an upsetting hypothetical situation. This is something happening to too many people right now in places like Alameda County in California. At fault is a criminal system management software package called the Odyssey Case Manager. It's meant to track and organize criminal cases and make the judicial system more efficient. It's software used in several jurisdictions across the United States, and it's leading to innocent people being put in jail. In some instances, the system shows warrants as active even after they've been dismissed. In others, the software has mistakenly tagged people as sex offenders, forcing them to register as such. This is far more serious than getting the blue screen of death before you're able to save your work. According to Ars Technica's Cyrus Farivar, Alameda County has been relying upon an older case management system called Corpus. It's possible that the 26 documented errors popped up when county employees tried to convert old files into the Odyssey case manager format. Whatever the underlying reason for the errors, the result is sobering. Justice isn't just blind. She's also working on a buggy computer system.
3: Next up, staff editor Eves Jeffcoat and our freelance writer Jessalyn Shields explain how researchers came to identify the genes responsible for the dubious advantage of being able to smell asparagus pee.
4: If you're not one yourself, you've probably heard about people who can smell asparagus in their pee. The researchers found hundreds of variants across multiple genes. But the study doesn't address why asparagus, of all foods, makes our urine stink and why our bodies have obviously put so much effort into detecting metabolized asparagus and pee. Research going back to the 1950s has shown that some people produce asparagus-scented urine, and some don't. Some people can smell it, and some can't. And some of that research identified the two metabolites responsible for the odor. But nobody had investigated whether the ability to smell these two compounds, called methanethiol and s thioesters, is written on our genes. In the new study, the research team at Harvard found that of nearly 7,000 participants, about 40% could smell the metabolites in their urine after eating asparagus, and 60% could not. They called the latter group asparagus anosmic. After looking at 9 million genetic variants in those who were asparagus anosmic, they linked the deficiency to 871 sequence variations in chromosome 1 on genes related to our sense of smell. Strangely enough, even though women are known to correctly and consistently identify smells more often than men, fewer women reported being able to smell their own asparagus pee. Because the study relied on the participants' reports, the researchers aren't sure whether some of the women fibbed about the smell of their urine out of modesty. The researchers concede that the study has limitations. For instance, it only included people of European descent, so there's no telling whether the same genetic variants would be in people of other ethnicities. Also, self-reporting always leaves a little wiggle room for interpretation. And subjects reported on the smell of their own urine rather than the urine of other people. But don't worry if you can't smell the asparagus on your pee. The researchers have your back. They write in their report, Future replication studies are necessary before considering targeted therapies to help anosmic people discover what they are missing.
3: this week, senior writer Robert Lamb and that mensch Jessalyn Shields explore the strange, amazing mating habits of everyone's favorite microscopic, space-faring animal, tardigrades.
2: We all know tardigrades or water bears are tough as nails. This little micro animal is a fighter if there ever was one. And as a new study in the Zoological Journal points out, they're also lovers with an absurd amount of foreplay. Tardigrades thrive in a variety of habitats, from the Himalayan mountains to the deep ocean, and they're the only known animal capable of surviving the harsh void of outer space. Dry them out, freeze them up, but der kleine bounce right back. Subjected to any of these trials, a tardigrade will transform into a desiccated little husk. But when it's over, you just add a little water to the corpse and it will plump right back up to life and munch on some algae like nothing happened. When brought back to Earth after spending 10 days blasted by space radiation, a tardigrade will happily revive and lay a clutch of viable eggs. But what about tardigrade lovemaking? Now, there are around uh, 1,200 species of the phylum Tardigradia out there, and not all of them mate in the same way. Some are bisexual, some are hermaphroditic, and others reproduce asexually. But new video footage captured by a team of researchers at the Senckenberg Museum of Natural History in Gorlitz, Germany, provides some insight into how the deed is done in one bisexual species of tardigrade called Isosivius datsici. And though it might not look like much to the untrained eye, the researchers assure us that things get weird. The animals mate right after the female has molted, something that happens several times a year. The researchers paired off 30 male-female couples and then filmed them uh, in flagrante delecto. They found that after the female's outer skin detaches, she lays eggs inside it. If, for whatever reason, no male happens to waddle by after she lays her eggs, no biggie, she just reabsorbs them back into her body. But if there is a male around, he sort of wraps his body around her head, and the two engage in an hour-long mutual stimulation marathon, in which he might ejaculate several times into the space between her old skin and her new skin, fertilizing her eggs in the process. Voila, you've got yourself new plumbus. I mean, tardigrades. Witnessing this unusual sex spectacle has raised almost as many questions as it's answered. For instance, how does the male direct his semen to the right place if he's essentially injecting it under her skin? And why so much foreplay? But hey, perhaps we shouldn't be too surprised that the ultimate rugged survivor organism is also an accomplished lover with a flair for the exotic.
3: our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Further thanks to our audio producer, Dylan Fagan, and our editorial liaisons, Allison Loudermilk and Christopher Hasiotis. Subscribe to Now Now for more of the latest science news, and send us links to anything you'd like to hear us cover. Plus your New Year's resolution, though, be forewarned, I'll hold you accountable. You can send us an email at nowpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And of course, for lots more stories like these, head on over to our home planet, now.howstuffworks.com.